Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Indie Diaries podcast that's showing the human stories behind indie game development. Before we head into today's episode, a huge shout out to my two Patreons, Angelisa and Zucchini. Angelisa is just an amazing human being and the admin of the Indieverse community. And uh, Zucchini is one of four brothers developing a settlement builder called Falklands, the demo of which you can find on Steam. So go check both out because they are amazing people and you may want to connect with them at some point. If you want to support the show monetarily as well, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash This show is entirely listener supported for now and every little thing counts. You can of course find links to this and more on theindiedirus.com including links to the Discord server and to my social media profiles. But recently the show has also reached a milestone of a thousand plays on Spotify and over a thousand three hundred followers on Twitter. This community keeps growing and I've got so much planned for the future. I can't wait to share everything with you guys. But now I guess it's time to go into the episode. So without further ado, here's Adrian Spencer from Lakia Games. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Indie Diaries podcast. Today with me is uh, Adrian from Lakia Games. Well, actually, you're going to have to to help me out with, with how to pronounce the name of your studio a little bit. And uh, yeah, so Adrian, we, we just connected over Twitter, uh, as I do with many other indie devs um, at, at the Indie Diaries, my Twitter page. And uh, yeah, please, Adrian, tell the audience a little bit of the, about yourself, who you are, where you're based and what you're doing right now. Okay, so yeah, uh, my name's Adrian. I'm a solo indie developer. Um, I'm based in the UK. Um, you did get the studio not right with uh, Lakia. Okay. So it's actually an anagram of my old scouting name, um, oh. Arcala. So I used to be a Cub Scout leader. All right. So okay. That's where, yeah, that's that's where the uh... name came from. Ah, that's so, that's a nice fun fact, actually. Yeah, that's yes. a great way to to open this um to open this episode. And I believe you worked on two games. One is a Wormhole Adventurer, and the other one is. Uh, so yes, the new one is called Hex Racer, which is yeah. uh, again uh, based in space with hexagons included. Perfect. Um, so yeah. in the the latest one, you race through an asteroid belt, uh, mm-hmm. going through checkpoints and using power ups and things. Okay. I see I see a space theme in your games, but we'll get to that, <laughs> I suppose. So I, I like to open these episodes with a little icebreaker. So what is one game that you think everyone should play at least once? Um, so I had a feeling you'd ask this one, and I've been having a think about that. Um, and I've had a look through my Steam library, but the one I have the most hours in is a game called Factorio. Oh, yeah. Have someone... you played that one before? I haven't, but someone mentioned it to me at an indie game dev here in London uh, meetup uh, here in okay. London just recently, and they said if you if you're one who sp- who doesn't want to spend a lot of time into in a resource management game without knowing where the time went, uh, then don't play Factorio because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had a look and I'm approaching two thousand hours in it. Holy. F- okay that's 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 a lot yeah 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 i think that's the one i have to say because of the sheer amount of hours into it yeah um but there's also indie games that i could recommend as well so Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever spent 2000 hours on any given game maybe little big planet because i used to really spend a lot of time just building the levels and play with it but i don't think i approached 2000 hours that's that's loads Uh, yeah that's uh, some commitment yeah yeah (laughs) a little bit um 
Yeah, well, and uh, I want to I want to twist this question a little bit because uh, you you okay. clearly had to you clearly wanted to go through your Steam library and uh, and find one that you wanted to recommend. Um, but uh, if I were imagine I were to ask you this question point blank and you had no idea what's coming, what would be the game the first game that popped to your mind? Um, so probably the the one I've been playing most recently, which has just come out, which is a game called Rumple Town. Which is right, another okay. another solo indie dev. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sunk quite a lot of hours into that recently because I've been testing it for him. All right. So okay. if you were to ask me point blank without me researching, I'd probably go for that one because that's what I've played so much of recently. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, that's I'll like a, to... a card drafting game about defending your town um, using okay. beans. Using beans. Okay. I'll have using to check beans. that out because uh, it sounds so, sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. So, well, now that the icebreaker is out of the way, I want to dive a little bit more into some personal questions about your journey as a, as a game developer. So, when did you realize that you wanted to be a game developer? Was there like a, an epiphany moment, a sudden realization um, or something? So, I've always been into computer games. So, the first computer our family ever owned was ZX81 Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, showing my age there. Um <laughs> So I think that was released in 1980. Right, okay. Um, if I recall right. Um, so that was a little square keyboard with rubber keys. Um, and you used to have to load your games off cassette tapes. Mm-hmm, yeah. So back in the day. Um, Another I've, device, I've, never used it, but I know it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our first games console would be the Atari 2600. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I've always been into games throughout the years. Um, but I don't think there was an epiphany moment when I got into development. I tried coding on an Amstrad, uh, CPC 464 when I was younger, liked the idea, but never really took it any further. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2012, our second child was born and childcare was just going to cost way too much. One of our wages would have been taken just on childcare alone. <laughs> Wow. To yeah. allow us both to do Wild. a full-time job. So I, the decision was taken. My wife wanted to go back to work. Uh-huh. So I quit. Um, now all the children are at school. I needed something to occupy my day. I couldn't go to work because if they were off school, it then clashed with work and created issues. Mm-hmm. If they were poorly, I needed a day off. So I just decided I'd still stay at home. So I started learning I was like, I'm going to try again, mm-hmm. picked up Unity, picked up C Sharp and started just making something. Um, so I did a course on Udemy to start with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I used to stream making chainmail jewelry. Mm. Um, and my, I mentioned that I was starting this game development and some of the viewers said, you should stream it. And I was like, I'm not that good at coding. I'm not <laughs> sure that's the wisest idea. Um, sorry, you you said mail yeah. chain chainmail jewelry. Uh, chainmail, sorry, yeah, that's um, so chainmail jewelry. Things, you can see this on the camera, but yeah, the viewers won't be able to. Um, oh well, that's a lovely little Twitch logo. That's a Twitch the, logo. I actually mail. have a full-on Twitch sign on the wall, which I don't wow. think I can reach. Um, okay. So I actually wrote Twitch at the side on one of them as well. Well, I wish. Oh, wait. Let um, let me just do one thing. Actually, let, please hold it up to the camera because I will share it on Twitter. Not okay. not the big sign. Not the big sign. Bear, just bear with one. me one minute. Let me get. All right. Yeah. Go. Okay. Uh, 
So, like, yeah, there's uh, this... Uh, I don't know how best to describe it to the listeners, uh, apart from go on my uh, Twitter channel uh, and, and, just, and just look through the feed gotta... because you will see it. It's just... <laughs> it's literally... Yeah. Chainmail jewelry. Yeah, so it's <laughs> little anodized rings, and I used to make bracelets and necklaces and things, um, oh, that's, and that's, that's what really I used to stream before streaming game dev, right? Over yeah, on that, Twitch. That that gives me an idea for a question that I will ask further down the line if I remember. Oh, but a uh, little teaser. So yeah, that's how I got into streaming it, and then um, I followed this course, started making something which was a game called Tile Town, mm-hmm. which was I just started out saying. I'll make a world full of tiles, make mm-hmm. them all green. Um, and then it's like, right, now I want to change some of them to water. And I just progressed like that. Um, okay. And then before I knew it, I was uh, people were like, you should take this and make this commercial. Mm. Um, but at that point, I was still very early on, and all the code was very spaghetti. Mm. Um, things were just bolted on the side every time yeah. I thought of a new feature. <laughs> Um, so it, it, it kind of, it suffered from scope creep. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and it ended up eventually getting shelved. Mm. Um, and then Ludum Dare 48, I believe it was, um, was when I did the original version of Wormhole Adventurer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that received really good comments. So I decided to expand that one into the full game and that was my first steam release nice yeah so and uh and i've tried wormhole adventure it's it's interesting it's uh no i think i think i got it yeah i, I did get it right that 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 thing because uh, there are seeds at the beginning and all of that so it's procedurally generated yeah. and you've got uh all those little nodes and, and you travel through those nodes using wormholes it's it's it looks like it was a pain to program, <laughs> but uh, but it does look it does feel fun and it's interesting yeah, to play. Yeah, I, ha- I had great fun making it. Um, so but I did make it that all the universe, um, and everything in the universe was all generated programmatically so that I could seed it. Right. Um, and I've done the same in Hex Racer. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Hex Racer, we're going to have monthly races where you're all going to fly the same ship. You all have the same checkpoints and upgrades available. So it's literally who can get the highest score. Wow, okay. Um, But again, I built it in a way that I can either have it randomly generate a universe, or we can seed it, and then we all get the same thing Hmm. to balance out the... uh, The The, the randomness. The competitiveness. And the competitiveness, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because if if I'd have done the monthly with randomness... Mm -hmm you could have got a times 10 multiplier as your first power up and then mm-hmm. you're bound to have a better run than anyone else. Yeah, so course. then it's not about skill, it's just about luck. And the fact and that I, you have seeds means that. you can also potentially design these courses as well because then you just uh, you just fly the seed and do like maybe a weekly race and it's actually designed from the start and you and, and, and you can expand yeah. this concept very well. So that's that's really that's really interesting, okay? Well, you kind of answered um my question about your first experiences with game development. Um, there's a, I, I, I guess what I want to know from you now is what, what do you love and hate about being a game developer? Um, what, what are the things that, that come to mind as I ask this question? So I, I love the problem solving and the coding the most. Um, right. that, that's the bit I really enjoy. 
Um, when I've got a bug and I'm trying to actually work out what's causing the issue, that's the bit I really enjoy. Right. Um, it, it gets infuriating at times trying to <laughs> yeah, solve course. the bug, but that's the bit I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit I least enjoy is probably art and music because they're the things I'm least skilled at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, uh, when I started Wormhole Adventure, I was like, I'll do pixel art. Pixel art's easy. No. <laughs> pixel, <laughs> pixel art, I think, is more of a challenge because you're so restricted on your palette size. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and your pixel size. That uh, Actually, trying to make a ship in a 32 by 32 pixel space is... Uh... And make it look good as well. It's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's actually as much of a challenge to do pixel art, I believe, now as doing traditional art yeah it means you you have to focus less maybe on the details of hand-drawn animation and such but you still have to do details yeah. to an extent and as yeah. you said you're limited by the color palette and, and all of that so yeah um so you've been gaming for a long time and also you've been developing since 2012 you mentioned so uh, do you have any heroes in the industry anyone you you look up to um I wouldn't say heroes as such. I mean, there's certainly games I like more than others. I go for a certain type of game, base building games and things like that. But um, I just like to try lots of different games. So, yeah, there's not one particular thing I'm following. I mean, I've ended up on this space and hexagon trait just lately, but I can't say there's any particular person that's caused that to happen. Yeah, that's inspired you to do it, that, yeah. It's just just something that worked with Ludum Dare. And then mm-hmm. um, with the latest game, I've been to an event in the UK called Insomnia Gaming Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there twice now to showcase Wormhole Adventurer. And the slower-paced game of Wormhole Adventurer doesn't seem to do as well. Yeah, Whereas people course. with more arcadey games mm-hmm. seem to attract more of a crowd at Insomnia. So with yeah. mm-hmm. with this game, I still wanted to keep it small that I can release it next year mm-hmm. to get the turnaround to try and build um, a portfolio before attempting another big game. Because there's, there's actually two big games that have been shelved that uh, suffered from the scope creep. So... Um. Yeah, well, ah. conventions have that problem a little bit, that you're on the show floor and you want to try games, but if, if they look complicated or if they yeah. look like there's going to be a big time investment, even though maybe you're there for the next six hours, you, you're not you're not naturally drawn to trying yeah. them out. Yeah, um, when you're going yeah. around the indie section and there's 30-odd games yeah. uh, to try, and I'm told they want to increase it to having 100 indie devs there, which means people are going to have even less time to play a game. Yeah, exactly. So um, Insomnia Insomnia was very much a focus for the next game to make something more Mm arcadey and fast-paced that people can come have a try. Um, So yeah, I was influenced by uh, that a little way to help guide where I was going with the next one. So I I think uh, what you said just just earlier is, is a nice segue into my next question, which is, you mentioned that you like trying a lot of different games and getting inspired by a lot of different games. So, well, apart from the obvious fact that you needed to pay the bills and, and childcare, uh, <laughs> why are you a game developer now? What is it that drives you forward? Uh, just seeing the enjoyment on other people. When I see people play the game, 
and knowing I can now bring a different type of game that obviously wasn't around before mm-hmm. um, I release my game. We all try to do something very unique and change something, um, take previous games and improve on them and add new elements to them, which ultimately makes the new game. Um, but yeah, just seeing the enjoyment. Um, so one of the other streamers I watch within the first week of release of Wormhole Adventurer, he told me that he'd done a 12 hour stint of my game. <laughs> and it was like, when you hear things like that, it's like, yeah, that's, that's uh, I get the reward. And it was the same when I was doing Cub Scouting. People mm-hmm. were like, why do you volunteer your time to look after children and take them on camps and all these activities and you don't get paid for it? I was like, because it's the reward I see from the children. When yeah. I see them happy and learning, mm. that's that's the reason I did it. Right. Yeah. I think I think that's very powerful, and it's uh, it's incredible that you like that aspect of just the emotional payoff of just yeah. seeing people smile and having fun. Uh, so that's that's really amazing. Um, it's so, so you of course I knew that um, Wormhole Adventure was created first for Ludum Dare. What was the experience of creating a game for that for that jam like? Um, so I'd done previous jams before then. Mm-hmm. So I'd done, I think that was maybe my third time of doing Ludum Dare. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, f- the first couple of times I tried to enter, mm-hmm. I uh, didn't even complete the game, <laughs> which I think is probably the same for most people the first time they attempt a game jam because trying to make something in 48 hours is... Yeah. Uh, a huge challenge mm-hmm. and yeah. you might think it, it sounds easy to do something very basic but when you're trying to do the artwork the music the coding oh, absolutely the game idea you can't start working on your idea until it starts because you don't know the theme yeah um and then you have to start designing and just uh trying to understand the yeah. scope and uh, and, and obviously I, i've still got all the children around and the family life going on so it's I'm not even 48 it... hours, it's, it's no. way less. <laughs> it's way less. It w- I think it was more like 12 hours mm-hmm. on the original Wormhole Adventurer, but it was nothing like the game you see now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Wormhole Adventurer um, Ludum Dare version, you went through one wormhole mm-hmm. and it just spawned a new random like wormhole space and you could never go back. All right. Okay. It just deleted the previous one, and you constantly just kept going as long as you could. Oh, um, right. So almost like a roguelike, and uh, yeah, like... there was no space station to rebuild. There was no missions. Um, it was just literally go to the next one, fight the hostile ships, fly to the next one, see how long you can last. Right. So... Yeah. Which, which, which is a pretty interesting a little arcade mode that. Uh... Yeah, I don't. I don't remember if it did. Did it make it into Wormhole Adventure, like the final version, or did no? It's not in. It's not in the final version, but yeah, yeah, maybe I should have done. Maybe it could be a future update to put that back in. And and that actually is uh, is something I wanted to ask you. What is your vision for the future of Wormhole Adventure? Right now, you're working on on the new game, of course, but uh, do do you think you keep updating it? Do you think you keep Um, going back to it? Yeah. So what I've said is. The main features are done. There was mention of having some kind of leaderboard system in there mm-hmm. um, for how quick you complete the game. Um, but my quickest time was, I think it was 8 hours 43. Um, I can verify that in a moment when oh. I just check Discord. Um, 
but to sink eight hours into like a monthly leaderboard um just seems a little bit too much i don't think it worked very well so we to test it we asked people on the discord server to like if they wanted to enter this competition there was only two people that actually entered all right so uh, i don't think it's going to make it into the uh the final game but it was uh interesting to see anyway um so yeah my my fastest time was eight hours 43 right to complete the game and rebuild the station so, yeah i think i think so that's, <laughs> that's it's not kind of really. leaderboard uh <laughs> material yeah. i don't think so well but maybe um, with um but uh, i will always if there's any issues come up there was one recently that came up um i will always go back and fix the bugs um it was quite an interesting one that caught me out actually um my save game file uh-huh. it compresses all the data for a single wormhole right. into well for every node in that wormhole into a string mm-hmm. um that's comma separated for right. all the data what i didn't account for is in some languages they mm. change a decimal point to a comma oh yeah it's and true, i didn't yeah. realize this <laughs> That was something I learned recently, um, but that ultimately crashed the entire game because Ooh. as soon as they saved, it then added all these extra commas in. It went to reload the data and was like, nothing's in the right order anymore. Wow, yeah, that's, that's an um, interesting bug to, so to, to discover. The, yeah. the fix was quite simple. I just forced the save game file to always change the language to English US. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that solves the problem. But mm-hmm. if I ever do... Um, games where I convert all the text to another language, it's certainly something I need to keep in mind. Yeah, of course. That mm-hmm. all your uh, decimal points are going to get changed to commas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was an interesting learning curve for the future. Yeah, and see, that's an example of that thing that you were mentioning, which is the problem-solving part of, of coding, which which can be fun in, in its yeah. own way, even though annoying sometimes. So. Yeah, when somebody messaged me on Steam and was like, I can play your game, and as soon as I try and reload, I just get a black screen. It was like, you found a game-breaking bug a year after release? How has that happened? <laughs> um, and it just happened to be, they must have been the first person in that country mm-hmm. that played it with... Uh, yeah that uh particular issue and then bothered so. to actually tell you so. yeah yeah that's the thing uh some yeah. people don't tell you and just refund the game um exactly, although yeah. i've not not had too many of those but yeah Still, yeah it can happen it's, it's nice when people will work with me and tell me about the bug um and then work with me to fix it so uh, now uh, this this is going to sound like a very strange comparison but uh you showed me your chainmail jewelry. You showed me your chainmail work, and then I instantly thought of you know interconnected rings and wormholes and the structure of wormhole adventurer. Do you think there's a part of you that maybe was inspired by your chainmail work to do wormhole adventurer? Uh, it's um or not? <laughs> I don't think so. I can't. I can't say there's any conscious link there that I'm aware of, but um. Yeah, Wormhole Adventure was just born purely out of the game jam. Um, so the theme for it was unstable. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was getting into exploring wormholes in EVE Online. All right. Um, mm-hmm. So I just went with, that's where the idea of wormholes came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just like, oh, an unstable wormhole, you can never go back. The wormholes always collapse after you've mm-hmm. traveled through them. Um so yeah, that's that's kind of where the idea come from was playing Eve online. 
Mm-hmm. I wonder if there is that unconscious link somewhere. But, but yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> could maybe. Be, it could be, yeah. Uh, right, so... Um, and as as I mentioned, I, I have spotted a pattern, pattern. Like, you like making space games. Is there, like, a very specific reason behind that? Or do you just love science fiction a lot? Um, again, there's no particular reason. When I was trying to come up with the next projects, mm-hmm. um, I actually made three prototypes. Um, which was, uh, one was called Hex Racer, obviously. Uh, there was one called Hex Pipe, which was kind of, you know, the games where you rotate the pipes to connect the water feed, Mm -hmm. but I did it on hex tiles. Mm -hmm. So it gave, um, a lot more, uh, options to change, really change the angles and restrict the puzzle a bit more. Mm. Um, and then the other one. My mind's gone blank. What was the other one? <laughs> uh, there was three. They're all on. Uh, they're all on my itch page. So if I get my itch page up, I'll be able to tell you. Mm-hmm. But there was three, and then I uh, asked my community to vote on which one they thought was the best. Oh, the other one was a tower defense game. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. Um. So, but it was different. Uh, you were the tower in the middle. Uh-huh. So there wasn't a track that the enemies were following. Mm-hmm. There was just one tower in the middle, which was you. And then you have the wave of enemies come in. Uh, you attack them, and then it would transition to like a town building mode, right? Okay, where mm-hmm. you use the town building element to make your upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of that was the chill period, and then there was the chaos of the the tower defense, but where everyone's trying to hoard your tower and uh, destroy it. Right, well, so there was three different ones. They weren't all space related. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So but then people just... voted. People voted on the space one. All right. So then so. Uh, maybe you have a lot of space lovers in your community. Then. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's that. it. <laughs> uh, um, right. So well, hex um, hex racer is um, uh, of course this. Oh damn it! I lost my train of thought just now. What was I going to say? Something about hex hex racer probably. Um, It'll come back to me. Oh no, I got yeah. it. Okay, so you're working on X Razor now. You're working on uh, your next game and uh, and 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 all that. Wormhole Adventure. You'll keep updating. But do you think you will ever go back to those shelved ideas? Not the prototypes for X Razor, but like those ideas that you mentioned earlier, like the tile builder and uh, and whatnot. Yeah, I would like to tackle a really big game at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've come to the realization that. Um, I do ultimately need to start earning money at some point. Certainly with the cost of living. Um, yeah. My wife's wages are covering the bills, but mm. the cost of living is going up. And yeah, anything I earned was a nice bonus and helped pay for extra holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're getting to the point where uh, I need to start earning. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is to get several small games out to build a portfolio, get a following nice. before eventually then being able to tackle the, the big, bigger, maybe two to three year project. And potentially with that one, you could go with Kickstarter or some other crowdfunding. Yeah, possibly. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, th- the two big games that I've got shelved is the tile town, mm-hmm. which was the, um, it started out as hex tiles. Um, I really like hexes too. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then I realized that doing it as a top-down, uh, well, kind of, it was a tilted camera view, mm-hmm. but trying to do um, like fishing platforms coming off a hex tile, 
mm-hmm. in so the artwork was kind of isometric but i was using hexes and it just didn't work right mm-hmm. uh, so i actually switched that one to um isometric tiles eventually let, um, me, let me check one thing because i think there's a game that uh, makes isometric work really well not in pixel art it is so it's called before we leave and before the, we leave I'm yeah not, not heard and of that one the the thing about before we leave is that it's uh basically a builder game it's isometric but it's not 2d it's 3d uh so you're constantly okay. scrolling through a planet trying to build your uh, mine your resources and then at some point you leave the planet and you go somewhere else um it's uh, one of those resource management games that i enjoy very much but yeah yep. it does does work in hex and uh and i think it does the isometric view very well oh, i'll have to have a look at that one I have yeah. uh, pulled it up on Steam, but I'm trying not to look now and get distracted. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, maybe the look b- before you release Hex Racer. Yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> so going back to what we were saying, that's one of the shelf projects, which was a town building game. You manage your population, kind of RimWorld managed the population. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've ever played RimWorld, you I mean, assign a specific videos, yeah. task mm-hmm. to every member of your colony, and it was mm-hmm. kind of like that. Um, so that's one that got shelved. The second one was like a business tycoon game. Mm. Um, so my parents always said to me that if they ever won the lottery, they'd buy all four of their children a campsite to run as a family. Okay. Um, cause they always went on a holiday in a caravan mm-hmm. and they obviously saw how many caravans they were and how much ground rent they were paying per year. Yeah. It's like when you, when you've got well over 500 caravans, and they're all paying £2,000 a year ground rent. Mm. My parents are like, that's a good business to be in. Exactly, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> so they always said that if they ever won the lottery, they'd buy as a campsite to run. Um, so I actually tried making a campsite touring park business mm-hmm. tycoon. Um, well, that sounds very um, interesting, actually, yeah. Um, so that one's been shelved as well, but I think I'll go back to that one at some point. Mm-hmm. Well... Keep Sorry. that list of ideas because you never know when when yeah, you'll be able definitely. to go back. Yeah, yeah, because uh, those those all sound interesting in their own way. So yeah. Um, now we're approaching the end, but I have a couple more questions for you before we actually do. Go on. Uh, do you? Of course, you have the support of your family and uh, and your kids and then your wife. But do you ever feel lonely or discouraged as an indie developer, and how do you cope with that? Um. I can't say I ever feel lonely with it because I stream some of the development on Twitch three times a week. So I have um, some constant input where I can bounce ideas off. Mm -hmm. Um, And also my oldest child is uh, studying game development at college. I'm going to university to do computer science and game development. You may end up doing games together at some point. I've got a uh, play tester upstairs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, again, somebody else to bounce the ideas off. So... Mm. Um, and all my ga- all the family play games. They've all got Nintendo Switches and things. So, mm. um, yeah, I wouldn't say I ever feel lonely because I actually work from home. My desk is in the dining room, so uh, I can always speak to people and bounce ideas. And with the Twitch community as well, being the do- mm. on the Discord. So, what about, what about discouraged though? Um, I haven't felt discouraged yet. Okay, that's, um, that's a good sign. <laughs> sometimes it gets overwhelming with the bigger projects when I, I got to the realization of, this is just not working. This is 
now too big of an idea. Too many things have been bottled on the side and I can't find the things in the code that I need because uh, it was just scattered all over the place. So mm. overwhelmed maybe, but not discouraged because I, I don't feel like I've wanted to stop. So and, and even then, I think it takes a lot of willpower to understand that this is becoming bigger than it was intended to be. Yeah. And I should stop and I should maybe reconsider a few things. Yeah, that's uh, it. And that's I a think... tough thing because it's very easy to fall into that trap of going, no, I'm going to continue for years on this and I will yeah. make this game. Mm -hmm. And you could get to the point where that game never actually happens. Mm -hmm. So for me, the realization of let's make some smaller games, let's get some releases under my belt, I'll get used to Steam, I'll build a community at the same time, I'll learn more about game development because I didn't go to college or uni to learn any of this. I've self-taught myself the entire way. Um, so I'm still learning to this day on different things. So that was my ultimate realization was let's make some smaller things, keep learning, keep progressing, build the following, and then go for the, the bigger project. Um, um, there's uh... also with like Tile Town, there was mm -hmm. very little planning involved. Oh, right. Whereas mm -hmm. uh, now when I start a game, there's a lot of work goes on Trello before nice. I even fire up Unity. Um, nice. yeah, that, which that again is part of that learning curve mm -hmm. of plan it before you start trying to make stuff. And then at least you know where you're going with it. I think that's sound advice. And I think a lot of people, a lot of developers in the indie game dev community struggle with scope, with scope creep and then some point the project's just becoming very overwhelming even just yesterday or today and no, it was yesterday um anyway this week i left i wrote a tweet where i asked people are you feeling overwhelmed this week how are you doing and you would imagine the amount of people that just came under that tweet and said it's 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 rough it's slow i feel like i'm not making any progress so i don't know would you have any tips or advice for people that that struggle that way yeah, I think I've certainly felt like that at times. Like, I'm hitting the point in Hex Racer where it's like, um, what do I stream? Because the, the whole story mode and career mode, I don't want to go on Twitch. Mm -hmm. So that when people buy the game, there's something totally new they've never seen before. Nice. Um, okay. So no surprise. Um, I've said that the playtesters are not getting access to it. I'm going to be the only person testing the story and career mode. Mm-hmm um so that it's something new um so when you when you get to that point of you've got a lot of boring back-end stuff to do and it's like well normally i'm streaming now what do i stream instead mm -hmm. um i think that for me gets a little bit overwhelming mm. um and if i'm streaming and something is i'm not solving a problem quick enough I, I feel overwhelmed and feel like I'm failing there mm. because it's like, this is taking too long and I've got cameras looking at me. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to learn to deal with that a little bit more. Um, so only recently, have you ever seen me do 3D modeling on the stream? Because I was always of the opinion, I'm not good enough to do it on stream. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to see me like Googling how to do <laughs> things and everything. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that's, that's some, that's kind of when I feel overwhelmed and it's partly when the cameras are on and I don't want people to see me struggling to do something, but it is part of the journey. Um, and it's 
kind of how I got into it. So I'm starting to realize that I need to show that because I'm a self-taught dev. Exactly. And that's how I've learned and that's how I need to continue learning. So I've realized I need to show that off. Yeah, and it, show, it shows authenticity. It shows you willing to keep learning and, uh, you know, being honest with yourself and your, your audience that you don't have all the answers. So, and I'm sure a lot of people in your community anyway understand that and respect you for, for doing that and being, and being transparent. So, um, yeah. But, so, a bit of a fun question to, a couple of fun questions to wrap, to wrap things up. Imagine writing a letter to yourself, but the, the, the person that you were when you were starting playing games all those years ago, what would you say? Um, so if I was writing to a letter to myself, knowing I was going into game development, I, mm-hmm. I think the first thing would be um, start small and plan. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just go headlong into it. Okay. Um, I think that's the kind of the best advice I could give myself because I fall into the usual trap of, just making something and then it, it falling way out of scope and getting mm-hmm. way too big for what I knew how to do. Perfect. And uh, lastly, my favorite question that I love asking everybody, if you had unlimited budget and time, what game would you make? Um, at, the, at this moment in time, I think it'd be that campsite business simulator. Right. Um, but go really deep into the business aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would love, but maybe not everyone else will, because it's <laughs> again, it's one of those slower paced games, and it's you need a certain kind of person to appreciate those games. Um, and it wouldn't be something you could show at an event like Insomnia or something, because it's just yeah, it's just yeah. too slow paced. Mm-hmm. Unless you put together a demo that that kind of works in in that context, but yeah. Yeah, on average, you get people at your stand for no more than 10 minutes, yeah. unless they're really, really engrossed in it. So that's what I learned from Wormhole Adventure was uh, I got most people to play the tutorial. And even that was quite slow paced. And it was mm-hmm. like, there's other people queuing up to get on games. And it's like, yeah, because they're all arcadey games and you pick up the controller and know how to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. which has uh, also been part of the drive for Hex Racer is making sure everything in the game works on controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, uh, you'll be delighted to know that you're the first person to say that they would build a business tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I have, I've had loads of people say, oh, I would build an MMO or I would just do what I'm doing now, but bigger. Um, yep. So that's uh, that, that's a nice and a, a fresh angle there. So just to wrap it up, some parting words, where can other people find you? And if they do, what's the best way to support you? Okay, so if you go to luckiergames.co.uk, um, there is then links to everything else from there. Um, but you can catch me on Twitch um, three times a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I will be streaming game dev of whichever game I'm working on. And then every other Friday evening, I actually do a support another indie stream mm-hmm. where I buy another indie game and I play that and showcase it. Or I will something i'm play testing great um and uh what we're going to do is have one game for a month so you get to at least two streams of the same game and then we'll change it up Perfect. to try and showcase other things um but there's links to discord and twitter on my website as well as well as links to all my games amazing and of course i will put all of these links including links to your games in the description of the episode so people can check it check them out 
and uh, just go there directly. So, well, it's been lovely speaking to you, Adrian. It's been uh, a nice little chat, and uh, yeah, yes. best of luck with Hex Racer and uh, in your future projects. And that, my friends, is a wrap on another episode of the Indie Diaries podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the show. You can find the Indie Diaries on everywhere you get your, your podcasts, basically. And you were probably on one of those platforms right now. Um, and also, of course, thank you to Adrian for being such a lovely guest. It's It's been lovely going through all of your projects together and, uh, and just uh, reflecting on what you've been doing so far. So, as you've heard in the intro of this episode, now there is a Patreon and Coffee page to support the show. So you can just go on coffee.com and patreon.com slash the Indie Diarist and uh, you will be able to leave a donation or subscribe to a tier. Just Anything you can do uh, to support the show will be very much appreciated. And uh, and yeah, there's also a Discord server now. So yeah, this community is actually growing. You can find all of these links, all of these details on theindiedirist.com. And of course, follow my Twitter page at theindiedirist for um, even more exciting and uh, lovely content like this one. So um, lastly, if you are uh, an indie game developer yourself, please get in touch because my listeners are always hungry for amazing stories from the indie game development community. And I would love to tell your story to the world. So until next time, I'll speak to you in the next episode of the Indie Diarist podcast. <laughs>